My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Well, good morning, everybody. Well, thank you all for being here this morning. We are in uh, week eight of Second Peter. Um, I have to keep looking down at my notes to make sure that I, I say the right book that we're in. Uh, on Sunday nights at Saudi Daisy, uh, I am teaching through the Third John uh, series that we did a few months ago in Sunday school. So I have uh, gotten them mixed up zero times so far, and I am excited about that. And I'm sure that I will do it today. So, all right. So today we're uh, coming close to finishing with chapter two. Uh, I'll start with reading chapter one and then chapter two down to verse seventeen. So if you got your Bibles, uh, grab them, head over to Second Peter, and you will walk through. Um, we have, so, so if you're not familiar, our Sunday School website, OurSundaySchool.com, has all of the teaching notes and all the student handouts and the PowerPoints and everything from basically all the lessons that we've taught in here for about the last seven or eight years. Um, as well as all the audio. So there's a lot of information out there. Uh, I get questions two or three times a week. Hey, where's this? Hey, where's that? And it's all at OurSundaySchool.com. Um, and then this is where we are in the schedule for... <laughs> I have to laugh every time I talk about schedules now. This is where I'm in my schedule. I don't know if it's God's schedule. Um, but we should be finishing up with Second uh, Peter. See, I had to look. Uh, in the first week of uh, November here around this time frame. So... So let's take a look at Second Peter. <clears throat> Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I'm in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, 
in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. But these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey, speaking with a man's voice, restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Welcome to Sunday School. Sometimes these really heavy texts actually put me in a, okay, here we are. This is really depressing. And, and the thing that I have to constantly, constantly, constantly remind myself, so go ahead uh, and go to the uh, application and personalization. <clears throat> this is important enough that I want to make sure we hit it up front. So application number three Judgment is certain. This is not a, well, I wonder. I wonder if God is going to be faithful or consistent or true to his word. So what do we do with that? I think texts like this can encourage us to rejoice in our just God. Because he is going to make things right. Uh, and as much as we are dismayed with anything that you may see or hear or experience on this planet, he will make things right. 
And he will do it in a way that is beautiful and consistent with his word that will encourage us for all of eternity. And to me, that is just something greatly to uh, rejoice in. So when we go through these texts that are kind of heavy, it talks about these, these evil, wicked people that are going to be uh, infiltrating the church and pulling people out and doing these horrible things. Let's just remember that God is faithful and he will uh, be true to his word. All right, so let's go back to your handout on the, the front of it. Some of you are panicking a little bit. You're like, we went out of order. It's okay once in a while. It's all right. I promise you. All right, so Bible study is asking and answering questions about the text, so let's ask some. Uh, any literary or structural observations today? And it, it, there, there are a few, so I'm going to pause for just a moment. A lot of comparisons, right? The, the number of examples here that here's an example, here's an example, here's an example, here's an example. Um, lots of examples. And wh where, does, where, does he, where does he get the examples from? Uh, yeah, there's one from Old Testament right there. The, you got Balaam. Right? We talked about this when we went through what book? You remember? Jude, yes. The reason this sounds eerily familiar is that it's eerily familiar. <laughs> like the number of words that are used exactly the same in Second Peter and Jude is amazingly high. Like almost all of Jude is found inside Second Peter, stretched out a little bit more with a little bit more uh, context and flavor to it. But if you remember in Jude, wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Like that exact same phrase shows up in Jude. And you heard me read it a half a dozen times then. So this is why some of this sound like, what? This is new text for us. Why does this sound old? Because, well, one, it is old. And, but two, we've studied this very similar words uh, not too long ago. Um, and then he dives, you know, if, if you have a Bible with section headings, and the texts like Second Peter are pretty easy to come up with a straightforward heading. The New King James has, at the beginning of chapter 2, destructive doctrines, the doom of false teachers, the depravity of false teachers, and the deceptions of false teachers. So, obviously, a Baptist was part of making those section headings, um, and someone that was undoubtedly proud of themselves at the end of it. But, uh, but it's, it's pretty clear about what's going on here. You know, last week's lesson was about certainty of judgment, this uh, confidence that we have in this condemnation that leniency is not going to be showed. Today's text is about the depths and the depravities. Um, if you have a different translation than the New King James, there are a wide number of uh, sinful words that could be inserted for some of these uh, words in today's text. And then next week is about how they deceive and how they speak and how they, uh, how they communicate. So lots of different components here, but there, uh, I actually enjoy that Peter starts with the fact that you know, they've got messed up doctrine and that's going to result in doom for them, right? So we, we talk about that confidence that we have in God's word that his prophecies are going to be true and then we go into detail about what the actual uh, significance of the issues are. So lots of uh, structural observations today. Uh, the most repeated words in Second Peter. So your first blank there is will, W-I-L-L. -L. And this is that future indicative tense, the, this confidence that Peter has in what the Holy Spirit is telling him will occur at some point. It's a tremendous amount of certainty in his 
communication. And then the second blank there is the word know, K-N-O-W. This confidence that we have in what he is saying we can know, we can understand, uh, that God has communicated to us quite clearly. Um, and then if you look at the most repeated words in this week's text, it's there and the they seven times, and everything else only shows up a couple of times. But it's all about them and what they're doing and how they are approaching this. Because the they in Second Peter are not the good guys. They are the, um, the false teachers, those that are following after uh, a different master. So let's take a look and see what the words mean themselves. And I put a lot of Greek in here today because you can see uh, a lot of the similarities to some of our English words, and I think that's helpful at times for us to have a, a perspective on how these words have changed over time. But the, verse, verse 12, but these like natural or physikos, physical, uh, instinctive, brute. Uh, do you see the word after brute, the alagos? So a is the opposite, and logos is this idea of thinking and words and logic. So it's this opposite of logic, so that's going to be irrational or unreasonable. Uh, these unreasonable beasts, these animals. And if you've, ever, if you've ever encountered an animal in the wild, you, you will probably not report back its logical response to conversation and dialogue, right? It's just... It, it's probably being logical from its perspective, but it's a brute beast, right? This is a wild animal. And so he's comparing these false teachers to wild animals. Which, don't miss that. Because in Jewish society, it was incredibly insulting to be compared to an animal, right? They had a place in the pecking order of the universe, and it was not very high. It was very, very low. There, and he actually illustrates what their place is, to be caught or captured, to be taken, and destroyed. Uh, the idea here is that there was some, uh, either you could have this idea of there's a dangerous animal and we need to destroy it. And we see that in the news every once in a while, right? There'll be a dog that gets out or some uh, fox or uh, mountain lion that has gone around and is, is killed animals or mauled a child or gotten a hold of somebody and torn them up and, and what do we do with that animal? Do we tell it no, bad dog? This was, what do we do with that animal? We put it down, right? Because that's, that's what we have to do with these, right? They're caught and destroyed. So what do they do? They blaspheme. Uh, Darla, I'm going to pause here for a second. So there are those among us that have animals that treat them well, as the Bible actually tells us that we should, and don't allow them to go do these unreasonable things. And I, I actually was wondering this week if... if uh, if there's not a contrast to the example given here to what we do sometimes with animals as far as uh, protecting and providing and training so that they don't end up in a scenario like this. Um, I didn't explore it very long, but the fight last night was too good. I got distracted, but <clears throat> I didn't want you to think I was going to talk about dogs too long, but I did want to throw it in there today for you. So. I know they are. It's unbelievable. I've been to your house and... And I appreciate you not kicking me out because I know you're an introvert and that's uh, uncomfortable for you. Uh, but they were. I, I, they didn't jump on me once and that I was very happy when I left. So it's good. Uh, so to be caught and destroyed, what do they do? They speak evil. And this is uh, blaspheme. Uh, and this is a present active participle. So this is a repeatedly speak evil. Um, and one of the things that, that you're going to notice as we go through today's text is that when you see these behaviors 
This is not a one-time behavior to get categorized into the false teacher framework, right? So, so just count the number of present participles as we go through today. So they speak evil. They repeatedly speak evil. The things they do not understand. Agnoeo. What does that word look like? It looks like agnostic, right? So there's some, there's some distinction between like what I understand and what there is a belief system. There's not a belief system about God here and what's going to happen to them. And they will utterly perish. The blank here is to spoil. Um, my wife uh, went to Mobile for a few weeks to be with uh, her family. And uh, there were some healthy things in our refrigerator that may or may not have spoiled while she was gone. Um, because as long as Rain and Marco's and other restaurants around us will deliver food, the healthy food that's in the fridge, if I am in charge of dinner, has a real healthy chance of spoiling. Um, and the, the interesting thing here is that you, you guys probably all have these refrigerators. with You have the drawer, and they call it the crisper drawer, right? I never understood exactly what happens here. Somebody explain this to me after Sunday school. But you put fruit in there, and, and unless it's a Honeycrisp a- apple, I think the objective of that drawer is to wait for something to mold, right? That's just a, it accelerates the molding process. Now, now if it's Honeycrisp apple, they're, they're going to get eaten very quickly by me at our house. Those things are amazing. But, uh, but, but I re- I'm reminded of this, these uh, crisper drawers when I look at this verse because it's, they're going to utterly perish in their own corruption, and Mitch, I think you and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, that God will sometimes allow someone to go so far into a sin that that sin itself just overtakes and consumes. And we read about these and see these in the news and on the Internet where somebody is so depraved and they get so far into a specific sin, it has overtaken their life. Um, and we are actually in an epidemic in our country right now with drug usage. And, and this is, to me... They are utterly spoiled. If you've ever seen somebody that has been on meth for several years, their face is spoiled. And it, it is not coming back. It is horrible. And they utterly perish in their own corruption. And it is tragically sad. And Peter here is using this as false teachers because bad doctrine corrupts. And it doesn't corrupt sometimes. It corrupts Every single time, which is why we have to be so incredibly ruthless about rooting this out, staying close to the text, knowing the Bible, and staying exactly aligned with what the Bible actually says about things. So they're destroyed. They speak evil of these things they don't understand, which I've got to believe has some component of the Scripture in it. And then they're going to utterly perish or spoil in their own corruption. And, right, we're not done. Verse 13 they will receive, they will receive the wages or the pay, uh, the reward of unrighteousness, this legal injustice, as those who count. Now, this is another present participle. This is repeatedly count. As those who repeatedly count, and this word means uh, to consider or account, your, your blank there is judge. They count it pleasure. Now, you see the Greek word, hedon? And that looks like our what English word? It's a kind of a hard one. You, you may not use it very often, but hedonism, right? Hedonistic, hedonism, right? This idea that I'm just going to give in to the pleasures of self. 
It says sensual delight. Uh, whenever I see the word delight, I always think of uh, Narnia in Turkish delight, which is totally the, not the same thing. It's like not even, it's like different ends of the bell curve. But, uh, but they repeatedly judge. Think about this. I'm repeatedly considering and judging and evaluating that it's pleasurable to carouse or to be, uh, to riot or to be debauchery um, in the daytime. Now, now, if you have ever been to a raucous city where a lot of evil happens, when does most of the evil occur? At nighttime, right? And, and this is somebody who has consciously, intentionally thought through what they are about to do repeatedly. They have judged their behavior and have said it is pleasurable to do evil in the daytime. So this is, this is not somebody, so let me, I want to make sure that I understand, uh, explain this clearly. Your 16-year-old comes home late one night, this is not that, right? This is a repeated conscious lifestyle of evil, and, and in the daytime has a tendency to believe that it's very public, right? This is not somebody that's going to hide in the darkness. This is very out in the open. And he goes on, and these are some words that are exactly the same words that were over in Jude. These are spots, or uh, we, we get our word spills, or stains, or blemishes, and, and blemishes, or these are flaws, which reminds me more of this, this meth. It, it just, it, we can see the external um, decay from drug use, but there is an internal decay as well. In, and I don't, I don't know that I want to go as far as somebody's soul, but in their relationships, in their life itself. It is, it is ugly, ugly on the inside. So they are spots and blemishes, carousing. This is another present participle. This is repeatedly carousing or sporting themselves. This is a slightly different Greek word than the, the word carousing before. Uh, this, is, uh, this is the verb, and it, it means to, to be very public and very open uh, you're sporting yourself in their, again, in their own deceptions. And the, the best definition of this is in their own delusion. Which is just sad, right? I mean, so we, we know because we have truth that anyone or any doctrine or any thought that is not aligned with this is a delusion. It is, it is a self-delusion that Satan uh, helps to facilitate in some way. While they... Feast, this present participle, this is repeatedly feast. They entertain with who? With you, church. And this is the scary part, right? Because we've just described this really outrageously sinful behavior. And then they say, you know, when it's time for uh, communion, when it's time for sitting around the Lord's table, they hang out with you. This is scary because we know what the scripture says about people who eat and drink at the Lord's table unworthily, right? This is the Daryl explanation, right? You don't want any of that damnation. That's not, it's not good. It is awful. So they have or having, this is a present participle, another repeatedly, repeatedly having or holding eyes, ophthalmos, uh, full or just crammed full of adultery. It's just, it's just sad. It's just awful. This blatant sinfulness on display. And that cannot cease, or they're unrefraining from sin. Enticing. This is another present participle. Repeatedly enticing. 
You see how often this stuff happens? I mean, this is like sin does not have a pretty result. It has an awful result of repeated, repeated, repeated destruction and accursedness. It's, it's ugly, enticing. The word means to entrap, which to me makes me think that he, he might be thinking about, so what do we do with these brute beasts earlier? We take them and we capture them and we kill them. And what are they doing to people in the church that are not aware of what's going on, we're entrapping. We're going to entice them. We're going to capture them. We're going to bring them into our bad theology. And they're capturing unstable or unfixed. There's something that's vacillating. It means to, to, to warble back and forth. Um, the, the best example that I have of this is uh, snow, actually. When, uh, when rain clouds uh, release rain and it's cold enough, Rain actually vacillates all the way down, which is why it shimmers in light. It, it's constantly moving as it falls. And snowflakes, is one of the reasons they look, they're also different, is that they are constantly turning as they come down. They don't just fall completely static. We see some of the static by the time they get near the ground, but in the air, they're constantly turning and constantly turning and being shaped and reformed. And, and it's, it's just this never-stop movement. And this is describing the Christians that they're going after. There's nothing in their life that is fixed and solid and sure that they're anchoring their beliefs to. Because once you say, I no longer want the Bible, anything else will do. And anything else results in this just wildly swaying lifestyle that's just not good. So they're going to entrap these unstable souls uh, they have, or repeatedly have, another present participle, they repeatedly have uh, train, a, a heart that is trained in covetous practices. Now, this word trained is uh, gymnazo. It's where we get our English word gymnasium. And the definition here, um, Luke, you looking at the definition for trained? So I'm going sh- to show, show you what the... Uh, what the ancient Greeks did, because Luke, you would not want, you would not have wanted to go to PE with the ancient Greeks. Uh, it was not pleasant. You know why? They didn't have any clothes on. Which is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is exactly right. That is a righteous, appropriate answer for someone your age. Oh, geez, exactly. That is exactly what I want to hear coming out of your mouth. There should not be a ooh, nope, wrong answer, bud. That was well done, mom and dad, for that response. Uh, but it's where we get our word exercise. That's your blank there. So think about this. Peter is describing them as having gone to the gym and practiced and exercised to master a heart bent toward covetous practices. This is not somebody that's just, oh, I, just, I accidentally did this once. No, 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 no. This is repeatedly holding on to a heart that is trained in covetous practices. This greed, this extortion, this fraudulency. Did you remember a couple weeks ago we talked about merchandise? That they're going to make merchandise out of us? This is this training. To me, this feels like prosperity theology uh, training 101. So in covetous practices and are accursed, uh, I actually had to look up excretion, uh, 
what that meant. I'll let you Google that one. They are uh, accursed children. Verse 15, they have forsaken, they have turned away, they have left the right way. So they were aware of it, and they have gone astray, they have deviated, they have wandered off following the way of Balaam, the son of Baor. And if you don't remember his story, um, Peter actually summarizes it here really quickly. Who loved Agapeo, he loved, he's passionately in love with, wages of unrighteousness. But our loving God would only let that man go so far. And there was no human being around. So, <laughs> so God gave a donkey the ability to speak, to communicate to this man. And if you ever doubt God's ability to get creative, to communicate, <laughs> just go read the story of Balaam, because it is weird. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds like a uh, Disney story, right? Like just some kind of, what's the name of that one? Shrek, Yes. I was like, Shrek. Um, and it's, I, I got to wonder, I, I've always wanted to write the whoever came up with Shrek a letter and go, did you just read the Old Testament and just get creative from there? Because, I mean, the story's there. You get this donkey that's speaking. And uh, so he rebuked him for his iniquity, his sin. A dumb, uh, aphonos, so not having a voice, this mute donkey, Again, he's on the animal theme as we go through here. Speaking with a man's phone voice, uh, restrained the madness, or the, the blank there is insanity, the insanity of the prophet. Now, that's relatively bold talk from Peter to call a prophet insane, <laughs> right? Uh, but he was insane at that moment because he was not listening to God. And I love how Peter says, if you are not going to do God's will and not listen to the one who created the universe, that is insane. I think that's a beautiful word to pick there. And then verse 17, which I could make a, I think I could make a pretty decent argument, actually ought to be included in next week's text, but we'll take a look at it real quick. Uh, these are wells or uh, fountains uh, without water. And how, how good is a, how much benefit is a well without water? What, it, what, what can a well without water do? Oh, it can. It could, it could catch what? People. Right. Do you remember when there used to be these news stories about these kids that would fall in the wells and they'd have to go these heroic efforts? And I don't know what happened, but it doesn't feel like we hear many of these. Maybe we just stopped using wells all over the place and, or covered them up in a way that a kid couldn't fall through. But... They are wells without water. They are dangerous places. They are no good. They are clouds carried by a tempest. Now I want you to watch this because this will scare you for just a little bit. So this is the present participle. This is repeatedly carried, but this is passive. This is not active. This is being acted upon. They are carried by a tempest, by a whirlwind, by a storm. And I don't know who's behind that storm. I do think that there is good biblical evidence that Satan can actually bring up a storm 
in the physical universe. And I, I know for a fact God has no problem doing it. Um, but either way, it is scary, whichever way you want to apply this. If this is under the control of Satan, whew, that's scary. If God is doing this, I, I, that might even be scarier. I'm not sure. Uh, but this, this is a terrifying verse for me because of the passive tense. So for whom is reserved the blackness, the gloom, the mist of darkness or obscurity or shadiness, which is not a word that I get to use very often, forever. So what's the point? All right, flip over on the back. Oh, you're already there. That's right. Sorry. There was a point last night at which the handout, the fourth page was just that, and I I should have been following along in your handout too. So, sorry. so the point number one is false teachers are repeatedly depraved. Um, I, I, have, I have mentioned to you on more than one occasion that I, I passionately, passionately do not want to be a false teacher. <laughs> um, I have studied enough of the Bible to know that that is not a good side of the fence that you want to be on. Um, and it encourages me to know that so many of you would willingly and lovingly, or not, I'm okay, uh, say, hey, that is not true. Get back to the text. Um, so please, please, I'm gripping the pulpit here. Please uh, let me know when I have gotten off from what the Scripture says because I, I really do not want to do this. Um, and this is repeated behavior. And the only way in church that somebody gets to repeatedly declare things that are untrue is if there's no check. If the people are not saying, I can read this, that is not what this says. There is an obligation that we have as the laity to stand up and say, this is what we will be governed by. Um, and we must stay true to it. So what do we do with that? Well, we have to know the scriptures so we know what to look for. And then application number two, depravity is varied in its output, right? I mean, there is, he covers just about all possible sin in this chapter. It is all over the place because bad theology will take us all over the place. It is not bounded into one nice, neat little area. You know, I rail on prosperity theology in here all the time because it starts out financial and then it sprawls and it deceives and it corrupts into so many other places. And it does it very subtly, very subtly. So I, it, it terrifies me. So what do we do with that? We'll stay close to the text so we know what to look for. Review texts like this that kind of scare us a little bit because this is God's way of telling us this is what to look for. And when we abandon it, it is, it is incredibly dangerous for us. So next week... Uh, verses 18 through 22, Lord willing, will finish up. Uh, Luke will end up with vomit. <clears throat> yeah, you don't want that? Okay. <laughs> you have a pretty good uh, recoil built in. That's, that's pretty awesome. No nudity, no vomit. So that's good. Uh, but no, verse 22 actually does talk about vomit. So we'll end up there uh, because that's the end of bad theology. Uh, it will leave a bad taste in your mouth. And then, uh, sorry, that was... That's probably too far, wasn't it? That's probably too far. Yeah. All right. And your homework is listed there at the bottom of the page as well. Um, if you have any questions about anything, please uh, feel free to see me. Uh, if, you, if you miss any Sunday school lessons, what you can always do 
uh, is you can subscribe to the podcast or you can just go to the listen tab on OurSundaySchool.com and you can pick out an individual lesson to go back and review or listen to again. Uh, and Lord willing, I clicked all the right buttons this morning because Dave Barber is not here. This, this has the potential, I, I really believe, to be the first time in like four years that he has missed that I recorded the lesson. So Dave, if you can hear this, I got it, man, I got it. So <laughs> that was for you. All right, so your uh, weekly update should be on your uh, table. Uh, so if you will lean in, engage, uh, pray over those, make any updates that you need to, uh, that would be most helpful. And then after you have prayed as a table, uh, you guys are dismissed to go into the worship service. So thanks for coming to Sunday School today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.